When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is time for four downs, and it's brought to you by our friends at Herald Group Security Solutions. Josh wrote a fantastic column on offthehooksports.com. What does Tennessee need to do against that team they'll play Saturday? Josh, we're, we're trying not to say the C word because it doesn't matter uh, who Tennessee plays uh, that lines up on Saturday. Tennessee's so much better. They need to work on themselves, and that's what this column was about. Check it out on offthehooksports.com. Let's get going right now with Four Downs, brought to you by Herald Group Security Solutions. Four Downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. Four. Four Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Okay, so before we get to what I thought were the four most important, you had one in particular that was empty the bench. And I think that's pretty much a given, Josh. Wouldn't you think so against this Huskies team? It should be, but in the article, I referenced the Austin P game where they never got a chance to empty the bench because the players didn't do their part. The starters did not do their part to get to the backup. So the starters had to play four quarters because they weren't good enough against Austin P that day. So it should be, but I would have lost a, month, a lot of money if you tried to bet me that week that we would see Joe Milton all four quarters and we would see Aaron Beasley playing until the end of the game at linebacker because that week I was talking about, okay, do you go a half with Joe and then Nico gets in? When does Nico get his first opportunity? And it never came. So it should this week. But that's why Tennessee needs to take care of a number of things for that opportunity to come up. Josh, Dave doesn't believe the Austin P game ever happened, though. Like he is, he has fought me all week on this that that game's somehow not relevant to this game this weekend. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a busy time. Did they play? Yeah, but, yeah, it was ugly. I was there. I was in person and didn't want to be. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it should not happen this week. It should be Tennessee rolling, but. Yeah, UConn has actually been more competitive from a, a scoring standpoint than the record shows. Now, Tennessee, I believe, is the best team that UConn will have faced. But uh, they got blown out by Duke, and Duke's a pretty good team. But if Tennessee doesn't go out there and take care of business, if they go out there and commit some penalties and they're punting earlier or they're kicking some field goals instead of scoring touchdowns, has as has been a theme for this offense this season – they we're not going to see as much as we want to with Nico. Fans want to see Nico, and uh, I think that's been obvious all season long. They should get a chance this week, but Joe Milton and the offensive line and the running backs need to do their part so that Nico and his freshman class and some of the second-year guys can get that opportunity. 
All right, Cooper Mays, what do people need to do to be a part of the program? And I think we got Jamal Lewis coming up tonight. I know I've teased that for our Celebrate 98 series. Uh, but people, what do people need to do, Coop? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. All right, thank you very much. Four Downs today brought to you by Harold Group Security Solutions. We're going to make your workplace and your schools safer, making sure your children are safer one school at a time. These are guys that are former service members a lot of times, highly trained. They make sure that your children are safer. So go to your school administrator and say, Harold Group Security Solutions, you got to call them. We're in private schools now. We're going to get in public schools. We're going to avoid the tragedies that have been a part of our country for far too long. Go to haroldgrp.com. What down is it, Coop? Coop here. First down. All right. Coop always bringing the energy uh, on this segment. Um, so we go number one, Josh, and that is score 50. I hate the term balls by 50 for just for the record, but um, Tennessee should score 50, right? Yeah, I'm not predicting 50 to nothing. So they'd have to get even more to have that by 50 happen. Um, but Tennessee hasn't scored 50 points this season. Last year, Tennessee scored 50 points in six games. Almost half the time, Tennessee was scoring 50. A few of those times, they hit 60-plus. So uh, fans want to see it. You have a chance here at home, and uh, I, I think it's a pretty easy ask. Uh, look, if Tennessee goes out there and scores 49, they win 49 to 6 or something like that, people should walk away happy not knowing exactly how they get there, of course. But uh, 50 is a reasonable ask going into this kind of game. You schedule UConn in November for fans to come watch. Put on a show and entertain the fans for this noon homecoming game with a lot of touchdowns and a lot of points. Okay. Uh, I want to go to Caleb, but Coop's going to set him up for the next down. What down is it, Coop? Cooper Mays here. Second down. You think Mario Cristobal knows what downs it is usually? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Could um, help him out. Second down, Mario. Yes. Uh, okay, so uh, I, I wanted to yeah go on to the next one you brought up, um, Josh, which is red zone touchdowns. Now, I'm going to be fair to Tennessee. There is a football god curse on football this year where red zone performances have been horrible across the board in the NFL and college, and I don't know what's causing it, honestly. But I do like your point. Do you think – they should. I know they kicked four field goals last week, but would you say maybe they showed a little more last week in the red zone than they had in the past? Because one of those field goals was as time was expiring, they might have actually scored a touchdown had they had more time. And then the other one was a 49 yarder by Charles Campbell. So do you think they're actually showing they just haven't had the chance to show improvement in the red zone with this new version of Joe Milton? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Joe's ability to run and do it more consistently within the offense is an added threat that opposing defenses have to worry about. And that should help them in the red zone. If they need to pick up, um, pick up a first down or a touchdown in a short yardage situation in the red zone, Joe should be a threat there, uh, but let's see it because it is still a question to me. Tennessee's tied for last in the sec with Texas A&M in touchdown rate in the red zone. And part of the reason I, I mentioned that in the column is, you're using this game to get ready for the next two weeks. And if we come out of it saying, yeah, they kicked a few more field goals, uh, especially in the red zone or you know, wherever you get to the 25 and you get stalled out and you have to kick a field goal, that's still no good for the offense. So um, if, if we're having this conversation next week, heading into a road game at Missouri, or for sure talking about the Georgia game in two weeks, then it's a little bit concerning. It doesn't mean everything's fixed if they're just lighting it up against UConn. I mean, if Joe gets some more opportunities, they may not even have 
uh, red zone. They may have less red zone touchdowns. They might be able to score from outside the 20. Um, Jalen Wright has that ability uh, to break one. So does Dylan Sampson running the ball. But uh, if they're there, they need to convert in the end zone. Can I give you guys both a theory um, as to why so many teams are struggling in the red zone? I think that defenses and defensive coordinators in the past couple of years have realized with the fact that uh, offensive linemen can release downfield and the RPO game is so tough to stop. I think, A, that makes it difficult to stop in the middle of the field. Uh, their space is more is uh, more limited when you're in the red zone. But I also think that some defensive coordinators are maybe holding uh, th- their better play calls for defending the red zone. Josh, what, any thoughts on that? I want, Caleb, I want to get your thoughts too. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe they are uh, in terms of calls on the defensive side. I mean, Tennessee's defense was able to get stops when they needed to uh, at times last week, despite allowing a ton of yards up and down the field for Kentucky. And Kentucky putting up 27 points is a pretty good output for that team, I think. But, um, you know, red zone calls, I'm not sure. I think quarterback play is is pretty good in the league, but I think it's down from where it was That's a year ago. That's you know part of the case of Tennessee. That's the case at Alabama. Uh, two of the best in the country last season. Uh, so uh, that would be where I'd probably start the conversation, but I'm sure there are a number of reasons. Maybe defensive coordinators, because of that, uh, are willing to bend a little bit, believing they can get stops when it matters, because that tightened space, for sure, does help in terms of what you can call with that back of the end zone, providing extra safety help, essentially. Caleb, the term, Caleb, the term bend but don't break used to be like a bad term. It's just life in college football right now. Well, see, this is where I was going. I, your point, y- y'all's points would make sense, but guys, it's worse in the NFL. Red zone play has been horrible in the NFL this year. Mm. I mean, historically atrocious. I think it's this simple, honestly. I think because, and it was always, it was, it was, in, it was in college football, but because now football has moved so much more in favor of the athletic quarterback where accuracy has gone out the window. And because they're not coaching offensive line how to block and hold blocks anymore at lower levels, lack of accuracy and lack of ability to hold blocks wreck red zone plays a lot of times. And so I think that, like in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, all you got to do to beat Lamar Jackson most of, most of the time is play soft coverage and wait till he gets in the red zone and you know who's going to mess up in the red zone. In the NFL and college, I would also argue you can't place your hands on wide receivers which is, is made it tougher to stop in, in the middle of the field. All right, let's get to th- what down, Coop? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here, third down. All right, third down. These are goals for Tennessee uh, against those Huskies other than just uh, winning. Uh, Dante Thornton getting going. So we saw a sign of that last week. Do we see more of that this week? That was a positive last week, right? He made mm-hmm. a few plays. Three catches, 63 yards. He's not Jalen Hyatt. Nobody should be talking about Dante Thornton in that role at this point. But he still can be a big play threat. He still is 6'5 with elite athleticism, I believe. So uh, let's see if he can get a, a shot or two against a UConn defense that will not be able to match what he has physically out there in the field. And playing on the outside might allow him some more comfort. And if he's able to have a big play, that should help with his confidence getting ready for SEC play. Qualifier, yes, tougher competition when he has to go back into SEC games, at least against Missouri and Georgia. But last week should provide a building block for Dante Thornton in this offense. 
All right, Caleb's got the possession down. Here we go. All SEC center Cooper Mays here, fourth down. All right, Josh, your last fourth down is a big one, which it is restart the pass rush. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to push back on it a little bit and ask you before I let you talk about why it's so crucial, but was the pass rush really non-existent last week or were officials just not calling any holding plays whatsoever because I felt like Tyler Barron was held at least four times in the game? Uh, he was held several times. I don't think he's the only defensive lineman, is he? I think they have some other ones. <laughs> so uh, I, I thought Kentucky did a really good job preparing for what Tennessee would do up front, the way that James Pierce would move around, and they were ready for him. Yes, there were missed holding calls. By the way, not that anybody watching would want to, but if you go back and watch Tennessee's offensive line, there might be some missed holding calls on Tennessee's side as well, just uh, just to give you a heads up on that. But don't waste your time going back and looking at officials' calls because there is nothing more excruciating. Uh, they need to be better. <laughs> they, they, uh, they have really good players up front. They have really good depth. And they're about to face quarterbacks in Brady Cook and Carson Beck over the next two weeks that can beat them. Uh, their opponent this week is actually not allowing a lot of sacks. Sacks don't tell the whole story, though. In fact, not getting to the quarterback can be a difference maker. The Kamal Haddon pick six against South Carolina was because of pressure caused by James Pierce. His ability to get to the quarterback throughout the season has affected what teams have done. But last week, it, it just wasn't there. And were there some missed calls by the officials? Definitely. But if you're putting 372 passing yards by Devin Leary, who up until Saturday had been the most disappointing quarterback in the SEC – uh, until this past week, then you're blind to your own personal issues. So they'll be better, I think, over the next couple of weeks, and they need to be. Nothing worse than being blind to your own personal issues. Josh, by the way, uh, didn't refer to uh, the, the C team, so uh, I like the way he did that. Somebody just texted me, though. It's a big Huskies fan about um, Washington. what we're doing. What? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Washington. <laughs> and, and, and here's what they thought about us not even using the name of the school. Uh, and and they they actually um, said, uh, hey, I'm, I'm going to use Peyton Manning. Here's what Peyton Manning thinks. They're like, that is total bullshit. Maybe. Peyton, that's a little, seems a little strong. My goodness.